Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Punches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Enning, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persa, is Collegially Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to our post-buy edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett, joined by former Northwestern quarterback Dan Persa here as we get set for the second half of the Wildcats season. We're with you every week. We talk about the Cats and about college football, focusing on the Big Ten. And uh, this week it's a trip out to Nebraska for the uh, Wildcats. They start the second half of their schedule and get back to Big Ten West play. How was your bye week? It was great. It wasn't stressing about a Northwestern game, so got to enjoy the the football landscape. Actually, was back in in Philadelphia for for a wedding, so saw enjoyed the Oregon Washington game, which was fun to watch. But it, it was nice to kind of just take it all in. You were in Philadelphia for a wedding. I was in Philadelphia for a wedding. Trading places. Didn't see yeah. you there. <laughs> uh, ever find it uh, tough to come back from the bye week as a player? Uh, not really. It's it's pretty refreshing. I think mm-hmm. you know, especially coming off a win, a, a tight one, which we'll talk about, but a win versus Howard, and then having a lot of time to to rest up, kind of reset, reset, do some self scout, and really prime yourself for the second half of the season. Again, it's it's crazy to say that we're already there, um, but coming out of bye again, especially with a win, you feel energized and ready to go. And and I got to think too, and you just alluded to this, having it at exactly the halfway point of the season, it's it's rare. It doesn't always work out that way, but to have to have six games behind you and six games ahead of you, uh, and and at a point in the season where you've had a bunch of guys banged up who could probably use the extra week, it seems like it's absolutely perfect timing. It's well timed, right? You never want it too early um, or or too late, frankly. But uh, they couldn't ask for for a better bye week, frankly. Um, so again, I think they're they're healed up, ready to go. Hopefully, Ben Bryant's back out there. It seems like AJ Henning will be, and and they'll be at full strength, kind of down the stretch, right? And they have everything in front of them. Uh, a lot of winnable games. The Big Ten West is still up and up for grabs, which is funny to say. Um, but you you look at at Northwestern, and and you know every game's winnable, while some are tougher than others. Every game's winnable. You know, it's. I have had this conversation with countless people since the uh, the last game. That you look at the Big Ten West. Look, Iowa's ranked. They're good. Their defense is unbelievable. Uh, Wisconsin at times has looked really strong. They just lost their quarterback. Illinois at times, and they were touted. And they go out and beat Maryland at Maryland last week after losing at home to Nebraska. Nebraska, you can't quite figure out. They're have trouble scoring points, but their defense is, is obviously improved. And Purdue's another team which which seems to be a different team every week. And I guess you could say the same thing about just about everybody in the Big Ten West. But the fact is, if if you're part of this division, and I would include Minnesota in that, another team that a lot of people were touting as a Big Ten West title contender, uh, you look at all of them, you say, anybody here really does have a chance. Some years you say that, Dan, and I don't think it necessarily applies, but I do think this year you can really build a case for that. 
I agree. And you really just don't have an offensive juggernaut in the West right now. So every game's you know, the winners, you know, scoring twenty points, right? And and if Northwestern or anybody else can can score ten, you know, fourteen, twenty one against Penn State, which I think is the best defense in the country, they can do that against anybody, right? So um, if the defense can hold on and 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 play well, they're in every game. I, I don't really see any any blowouts, assuming you know they they continue to stay healthy. Uh, but it's it's exciting, you know, based on what they went through and the start to the season. Um, you know, if if you told me they'd still be in the race for the Big Ten West at this point, I probably wouldn't have believed you at the beginning of the season. But you know, everything's right in front of them, which is all you can ask for as a player, right? You still have a ton of motivation and and excitement for the for the stretch. They're one and two in the Big Ten. But that one win is against one of the teams in your division. They've lost the two crossover games they've played so far, and they got one more coming up next week at home against uh, a Maryland team, which has looked really tough, but they've dropped their last couple of games. But you look at uh, this game against Nebraska, and Nebraska, like the Wildcats, with a bye this week, uh, coming back after their big Friday night win at Illinois. And look, that was a game where... They had struggles in the red zone, getting the ball in the end zone. So did Illinois. Uh, really, Nebraska's defense was just a little better than Illinois' was that night. Yeah, Nebraska's an interesting team, too. Obviously, they, they made the, the quarterback switch after the second week and, and have switched over to Harburg, who is you know a Nebraska kid, right? He, he seems like a pretty – he's a big, tough kid. Um, he turns the ball over here and there, but – um, hasn't had stats that that blow you away, but he's he's taking care of the ball better than the previous quarterback who you know was turning it over three four times a game, which is probably why they made the switch. Um, but their defense is playing well. He's and again the quarterback's very mobile and he puts a lot of pressure on on defenses. So I think it's it's another team you know, that you have to take care of the ball against, that hang around, and, and you'll have every opportunity to win at the end. Lincoln's a tough place to play, but it's also a lot of fun to play, right? So. Um, it's a great matchup. I think it'll be a good game as long as the defense can can play decently well and Ben Bryant plays. So we'll see where it goes. You played the first game uh, when the Wildcats went out to Lincoln in 2011 when the uh, Cornhuskers came into the Big Ten. That was a, a monumental win for that football team for Northwestern that year. And uh, to go out there, and I remember the touchdown pass to Jeremy Ebert, right? Like 80 yards yep. uh, to kind of kind of put the game away in the fourth quarter yeah again it was it was a special trip right it's it's another you know cathedral of college football going to lincoln and the fans are great they're fair they don't boo you know they're they're really supportive to to both teams frankly but it that place gets loud right you have eighty five thousand strong that with however many straight sellouts they just live and breathe football in nebraska um and and lincoln on a saturday's you know a place like no other so i think I think the guys will enjoy the trip, but you know they just got to stay focused on between the white lines. And I think they again they have every opportunity to win. Um, but you know it, it'll be a very fun atmosphere for them. What are things that you can do as an offense to help neutralize the crowd? Yeah, it's a good point. So staying away from third down as much as you can, right? Sustaining drives, right? Three and outs, it gets pretty tough. Um, and you know going fast and, and getting first downs, right? The the crowd. You can kind of take them out of it if if you're moving the ball and, and getting you know chunk plays. But if you're kind of sitting back there, run run pass on third and five every time, that's that's a good way to get the crowd involved. Um, and obviously, scoring points takes it out of them too. But it's really just sustaining drives, and and that helps your defense as well. You mentioned the Howard game. Uh, it it looked like a game the Wildcats were going to 
dominate. Certainly started that way. They were up 16 nothing at halftime. Looked like they had control of the game against a uh, an FCS opponent, which David Broad didn't want to talk about the fact they were an FCS team. But uh, it it sort of uh, got a little sloppy there in the second half, and they let Howard get back in the game. And I know there's been a lot of angst over that on the part of Wildcat fans ever since that game. How much stock do you put in that, and how much do you just talk, chalk up to the fact that they had a big lead and maybe they just kind of let down a little bit? I don't put much stock in it. I think I think it's it's the same thing when we talked about last episode, where you know you don't want to say there's there's you know losses that you can take a lot of pride in. But the Penn State game, I thought they played pretty well, and and the Howard game, I think they won, but I think they probably have a pretty bad taste in their mouth for the way that ended. Um, which at the end of the day, if you can win a game and 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 have a bad taste in your mouth going into the next week, that's probably the best way you can you can do it. So, you know. Again, I'm not, while I am surprised that happened, I'm not surprised. We've seen that so many times, you know, for 15 years in Northwestern where they, they should blow a team out, they let them hang around, it's close at the end, and they end up winning. Uh, but we've also seen them lose, you know, last year to, to an FCS team. So I, I'm not shocked that it happened. It's disappointing that they took their foot off the gas a little bit and let some late scores up. But at the end of the day, it, it really doesn't matter. By the way, unsung hero of that game, Rod Hurd, yeah, handling the. The knuckleball onside kick yeah. at the end of the game. Man, that was that got a little bit scary. Uh, this week, Nebraska, we're going to visit with the kicker for the Wildcats, Jack Olson, here in just a moment. Seems like a lot of these games over the years, Dan, have come down to the end of the game, last play, a Hail Mary for Nebraska, a field goal for the Wildcats in overtime in Evanston, um, and... You know, it just it's one of those series which, I'll be honest, and I, I think I've said this before, when they came into the Big Ten, I wasn't sold on the idea. I Quite frankly, I thought there were better fits for the conference than Nebraska. I didn't know how this would, would work, really, with them. Plus, they weren't all that happy, a lot of their fans, because they were leaving some of their traditional rivals in the Big 12. But honestly... I think it's been a great fit. I think they've they've settled in very nicely. They haven't won as many football games as I think they expected to win when they came in. But but I think that uh, some of the things you say about their fans, I think that that's very true. I think that uh, that it's it's turned into a really good series. The game in Lincoln two years ago, the exception really to the rule, because all the other games have been close, or at least the majority have been close, and they've been uh, exciting games, overtime games, down to the wire, and I think it's been a great rivalry. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be another one of those this year. Um, and to your earlier point, I think, you know, I'm very happy with the way they assimilated to the Big Ten. I think they're a perfect fit, right, outside of Notre Dame, which is kind of more of a pipe dream. You know, I think it's it's the perfect school to follow Penn State into the Big Ten and their fans, their stadium, the way they play football. To your to your point, I'm sure they wished, you know, when they got rid of Bo Pelini, whenever year that was, they thought they'd have a, a couple more titles by now, but it hasn't happened. Um, but I think they're a great fit for the Big Ten, and I'm sure they're they're very thankful they left when they did because of where you know college football realignment has gone since then. Right now, let's welcome in the kicker for the Northwestern Wildcats, wearing number 82 out of Wheaton-Warrenville South High School, Jack Olson. Jack, Dave Ennett with Dan Persa. Thanks for jumping on with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Just getting out of practice. How about you guys? Uh, doing great, thanks. We appreciate the time. Uh Four for four so far on field goals. Perfect on point after touchdowns. Uh, 
things going well for you so far, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's going smoothly. So hopefully we keep us on track. All right. So let's uh, let's let our audience kind of get an idea a little bit about the path you've taken, Jack, because it was not a straight line for you from the western suburbs to Evanston. You made a stopover in East Lansing. Take us through the route that got you to Northwestern. Yes, sir. So um, I was I grew up in Chicago area, mm-hmm. so always loved watching the Cats. And uh, so I grew up a Northwestern fan, Big Ten fan. Um, out of high school, uh, Michigan State offered me a scholarship, so I decided to take them up on that scholarship. I loved Coach D'Antonio, and I loved the King coach I had there. Um, about two months into that, I early enrolled, and about two months in, Coach D decided to retire. Uh, so there's a lot of change going on. Uh, new coaching staff comes in, and my King coach uh, unfortunately left from there, so I decided I gave it a year, and I uh, just thought things would be better for me mm-hmm. elsewhere. So entered the portal. Um, Northwestern was my second option out of high school. So I was always want, loving to come back to the Chicago area and with prestigious academics and great football team. Uh, it was an easy choice for me. So it all worked out for you. I, I would think, too, yeah. knowing Michigan State's history with kickers, I mean, that had to enter the equation somewhere along the line, right, with guys like Morton Anderson who kicked there for the Spartans? Yep, yeah, Morton Anderson. Then uh, we had a fifth-year kicker who was showing me the ropes to my freshman year and was a great guy. So it was good learning some stuff and then came over here and brought his stuff here. Well, you come here, and, and Charlie Kubander was the incumbent, and yeah. he he was entrenched in that job. So – you had a chance to kind of work with him for, for that first year. What was that like? Yep, uh, it was great. I mean, he's a veteran guy, and he had tons of experience. So being able to I guess, sit back and kind of learn from him on handling game pressure and really just being able to like yeah handle the flow of the game was crucial for me. And then just another year under my belt of like not having to – or another year, I guess, of just focusing on my kicking and mm-hmm. focusing on the craft. All right, so – and I don't mean to be bringing up bad memories for you or anything here, but going last year, going into the game in Dublin, you were going to kick, right? And then something happened right before the game? Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, entering Dublin, I was doing kickoffs and field goals. Um, and in warm-ups uh, during the kickoff, I just finished warming up for field goal. And the first kickoff I took on warm-ups, I tore my quad. Ah. That was a uh, it's a really tough situation. I didn't really know what to do. I still like was doing everything I could to try to like push through it. I uh, went to the medical tent, and unfortunately, they had to shut me down. And so, like the whole season, that was kind of nagging me. Then I made an appearance week. I'm not even sure it was against Wisconsin. Didn't I missed the field goal that game, but uh, the it just still didn't feel 100. percent so we decided to shut it down for the season, unfortunately, which is a tough decision, but I'm feeling better, this, feeling perfect this year. So. Wow, that's what a tough break. We're talking with Jack Olson, yeah. kicker for Northwestern out of Wheaton Warrenville South High School. So, so how far before the game was Was that like within the the hour before the opening kickoff yeah. in that game? Yeah, it's probably around trying to think. Exactly. We usually go out 72 minutes before kickoff time 
And so I'd already done my dynamics probably 20 minutes after that. So it was about 50 minutes or so before, just under an hour before the game. Oh, and man. Unfortunately, Adam State stepped up and did well. He did well throughout the whole season. Well, the good news is things have gone much better for you this year. You're healthy. I would think the biggest kick you've made so far might not be one that, that people would it would come to mind right away, but after the touchdown got you within a point of Minnesota with two seconds to go, yeah. place is going crazy, and you have to go out there and kick the point, right, to get the game to yeah. overtime. Yeah, that is definitely my most pressured kick. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a PAT, but I was like, in my head, seeing all the guys on the sideline going crazy, I was like, oh, <laughs> please, please go in. But I had Hawkyard and Renner in front of me, so I trusted those two, and they did a perfect job. So. See, see, I, this is what I love about kickers, Jack, because you guys love to talk about the operation uh, and the, the, <laughs> the snap, right? And you have an experienced long snapper that you're playing with, yeah, and your holder has done it for a while, Hunter Renner. Uh, just kind of give us an idea of what that's like, how how that whole operation works, and how much time you guys spend during the week getting that down. So, yeah, so one of the operations, like, so I'll start with that snap. So Hawkeard's been really good on his snaps. I mean, not many people know this with snapping, but for uh, Will, he's able to have it so laces are facing forward towards the field goal basically every time he's got it down. to the I don't know how he does it. So he's just got it down perfectly with his grip and how many rotations it does. So, I mean, having that and then just having no laces for them with runner, runner's quick hands, so being able to get that down fast with me having a chance to see the ball before I'm kicking it is absolutely crucial for me. Um, but during like a, during the week, we do time-ups. Uh, time-ups are basically where Will snaps it, Runner will hold it, and I, I won't kick it, but I'll do my steps and follow through. Mm-hmm. I will do that m- multiple times every single day um, throughout practice. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, we hit hit a good amount of balls to get that full operation down. Now, you guys have switched off on kickoff so far this year. Um, you followed up the extra point against Minnesota, by the way, with the kickoff, the opening kickoff against Penn State. Uh, and I, I would think that that was all by design, right? The way that worked out for you? <laughs> Unfortunately, it was not. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the uh, Penn State kickoff was not a uh, not exactly what I was going for. It was supposed to be a deep left kickoff, uh, but like the, the Minnesota at the end of the game was a uh, design squib, and then the uh, Penn State opening up was not a design squib, but it ended up in the cat's favor. So yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Coach no. Jenick and Coach Braun weren't too uh, upset when I came to the sideline. <laughs> I would hope not. How how do you handle, and I've always maintained that there, there are three jobs in sports that you have to have just a different mindset. One is to be a closer in baseball. One is to be a goaltender in the National Hockey League or, or anywhere in, in hockey or a goalkeeper in soccer <laughs> or a, a kicker in football, how do you deal with the pressure that comes with that job? Sure. Um, so one thing I like to do like during games is kind of like keeping that even keel mentality. Like don't get too high. Don't get too low. I mean, after that Minnesota, it was kind of pretty easy, like going into overtime to get like too excited and too amped up. But I like, I knew like overtime, it could easily come down to a field goal here. So I can't really get too excited on like 
what's been happening so far and get anxious and go too fast at the ball. And then I also, on after a miss, just can't really like get too down because you know you're going to have, hopefully you should have at least another opportunity and the team it could be in a crucial time at the end of the game, so you can't let that kick in the back of your mind. So it's being able to have a short-term memory and just remain even-keeled throughout the whole game. I I don't know how you guys do it. I really don't. It's pretty amazing to watch. All right, you go to Nebraska this week, uh, and and obviously that's a different place. It's one of the great environments in college football, and it seems like more often than not, games between uh, the Cats and the Cornhuskers have come down to to big special teams plays or big kicks late. What's the mindset of this team going into Lincoln this weekend? Yeah, I think, obviously, we've all, all practice week, we've been blasting crowd noise at practice, blasting music behind the quarterbacks as they're playing and then as I'm kicking. So I think that if we're able to use that energy, that noise, and make it positive for us, I think that will be crucial. I think that building off all, this, all that energy and then building our own energy on the sideline will just carry throughout the game. Well, sounds like a plan. You know, that place, as loud as it can be, it can get pretty quiet when things aren't going well for the home team. Uh, Hopefully it'll be silent by the end. Yeah, well said. Jack, we appreciate your time. Thanks for jumping on with Dan and me today, and and good luck this weekend and the rest of the season, all right? Of course. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. That's Jack Olson. Dan, great visiting with Jack, and... I meant what I said to him. I mean, I've always felt kickers are a little bit different. I think you have to, right, have that mentality to be able to go out there. And even the PAT against Minnesota with two seconds to go, you know, people forget that and the craziness that followed that game. But he doesn't make that. There is no overtime. There is no Northwestern win, and that great comeback comes for naught. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want that job. I mean, you, <laughs> as any other position, you have so many times to redeem yourself, and there's you know there's so few kickers in you know in the NFL or college football where people remember for the way they play. Right, you, the All Americans and everybody else, you only remember them when they miss kicks. So it's it's like. High pressure, you know, you don't get a lot of opportunities. There's not a lot of makeups. There is no, you know, fourth down or next drive a lot of the time. Um, so I, I certainly want that, wouldn't want that job and, and always took my hat off to all, all the kickers in those pre- pressure situations. You know, I was kidding with him about that, the kickoff against Penn State, but that's the, the ball that, that Singleton picked up like inside the five. And he's, look, he's a dangerous return man and he picks it up and, uh, the uh, the cats knock the ball out of his arms, recover a fumble, and get on the board in the opening minute of the game. It was it was a huge play for them, hundred percent huge play. Anytime you can make a big play like that, especially on the opening kickoff uh, and a turnover, really you know alters the game. All right, well let's uh, let's go to this week's schedule. Aside from the Wildcats and the Cornhuskers, of course, the big game and uh, getting the day started in the Big Ten on Saturday is third-ranked Ohio State hosting number 7 Penn State. I don't really know what to think about this game, except that it's at the shoe. And you would think that Ohio State's been gearing up for this, and and they know what's at stake against the Nittany Lions. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting matchup. I mean, taking out a couple games, this game's always very tight, um, no matter where it is. It's a huge game for both teams. I, you know... Ohio State, I've kind of seen as up and down, right? They're still obviously a great team. Um, but, you know, against Notre Dame, I thought they played, that's a big win there. Um, but I thought the quarterback play has been a little bit inconsistent. Um, anytime you're coming off a first round draft pick, that's, that's going to happen. Um, 
the defense has played well, but not as well as, as Penn State, right? So I think I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than most people think, um, and I think it's going to be kind of Drew Aller's coming out party or not, right? This is yeah. his his big game. He needs to step up and play well, and they have all the weapons to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly had a, had an off day against North Northwestern, um, so I think if if he has a good game and the defense plays well, I think I think Penn State's probably the better team in my mind. It's just to your point, the horseshoe is really hard to play in. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and. Even though he didn't have his best game against Northwestern, he hasn't had many of those. Right. I don't, I don't think he's had another one of those all yeah. year. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the games. A couple of Big Ten West matchups on Saturday. Right now, let's go to Super Joe for his prediction. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super Joe's predictions. I don't know about you guys, but the bye week came at a perfect time for me monster slate this weekend with four ranked versus ranked matchups including utah at usc florida state hosting duke tennessee in tuscaloosa against alabama and ohio state hosting penn state just so much good football to watch on the other side of things minnesota at iowa has a total of 31 and a half points now i know this is a different game but big brother may be hanging 32 on little brother by halftime in east lansing but back to our pick Staying local, Illinois hosts Wisconsin at 2.30 on FS1. Big news is Wisconsin's quarterback Tanner Mordecai is out with a broken hand. The line opened as the Badgers laying 4.5 points. It's down to 2.5. We're actually going to go in the other direction here. Illinois had a nice win in College Park against a solid Maryland team. Wisconsin head coach Luke Fickles in his first year with the Badgers lost Mordecai. His backup is a freshman transfer from Mississippi State. Plus, he's got his buddies, the Buckeyes, next week. This is a potential look-ahead spot for the Badgers. I'm going to take Illinois in the two-and-a-half at home. Back to you guys. All right. Wisconsin and Illinois in Champaign. And, of course, Minnesota at Iowa this week. Cats are going to see the Hawkeyes in a couple of weeks after they host Maryland next week. Rutgers playing at Indiana in an East matchup. And, of course, uh, at night, number 2 Michigan at Michigan State. So, interesting schedule this week, and the Cats and the Cornhuskers coming up Saturday. And uh, always good to go back to Lincoln. Hopefully uh, the Cats will play like they did in Dublin a year ago. You were there when uh, we saw the Cats beat the Cornhuskers in Ireland. It was a great, great time. Yeah, if they if they can take that energy and that, that fight, I think it'll be a, a good matchup, and I think they can come out of there with a win. But, no, to your point, Lincoln's one of the best places to play in the country. Um, so hopefully they get a lot of energy from that. Yep. Can't get excited about this one. You're in the wrong biz, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. hundred percent. All right. That's going to do it for this week's Collegiately Speaking. Many thanks to Jack Olson for jumping on with us. Thanks to Super Joe Romano for his prediction. Our producer, Jack Heinrich. And don't forget, we'll have the game for you Saturday afternoon on WGN Radio. The pregame starts at 2 Central Time. Uh, they kick off at 2.30. Hope you'll tune in to my partner, Ted Albrecht, and me from Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Now for Dan Person, Dave Ennett, we'll talk to you again next week on Collegiately Speaking.